This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off using the code SWN20 for that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast presented by Manscaped. Yes, I still look homeless because my Manscaped kit has not arrived yet. Uh, I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined, well, I hopefully will be joined uh, by Adam and Marcus King, but in the moment, I'm joined by Adam King of KOE. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having well, me right now, but us. I'll speak so, for business. Exactly. All right, you, can, you can answer all the questions. So <laughs> we have Marcus on his way. He jumped in. Briefly, but his, his camera's not working, so we don't know what's going to happen. This could just be could be an episode where I'll put out the thumbnail and it'll just be scored out. I'll score out Marcus <laughs> and just have a big crossover. He said, "Aye, that's it. He's, he hasn't made it." So, um, some of the questions we may repeat again once once he comes into the the chat, but it gives me a chance to speak to yourself directly, though. So it means I can get to know a bit more about Adam King and how he got started in wrestling because Marcus was he was there first. He had like two years on you, so. I can, <sighs> We'll yeah. get to that, but we'll so, that. exactly. Uh, first question is the usual, it's the usual classic podcast question. How did you get into pro wrestling? So, what was your what was your jumping off point, your hooked moment that got you into pro wrestling? Um, generally, it's been since I was like three or something like that because it was Marcus that obviously uh, he's he's a bit older than me, so he was uh, he had all the videos and stuff when he, when we were younger, all the sort of attitude era things. Uh, so I, when I was very young, the, the first things I really remember was um, watching the Hardys, and oh, oh I loved, loved Jeff. So so like like most people, and uh, Paul's a big Matt fan. Marcus is a big Matt fan. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying it. Uh, I Marcus is a, a big Matt fan. So uh, he's he's one of those strange strange ones. Oh, there he is. There he is. Right. Finally, well, I've got one question in before we we uh, uh, got yeah. uh, joined. <laughs> Uh, right, okay, so now we've got both in for, for people that are on the audio feed. Uh, we've got both KOE, Marcus and Adam King. That's how it appear, should appear on the screen that people are watching, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, because you know me, I don't like editing anyway. Um, well, welcome, welcome, Marcus. Thanks. I know, sorry, my, my, I don't know what was going on with my camera on my laptop, but I've got a spare laptop, my backup laptop. So. I was sorry. just saying you're late to everything anyway, so it was completely expected. I know, but to be fair, that wasn't my fault. Well, you're already late before you right, actually went wrong. So, so, okay. so KOE stands for poor timekeeping. That's that's kind of the first one out the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome. Well, we are recording now, uh, just in case. I don't know if it comes up in the corner saying that it is recording, but yeah, I, got yeah. a wee voice. I got a wee voice notification going, recording in progress. Oh. <laughs> Must be the update. Oh, yeah. I, when, I, when I logged in, it was like what, five minutes to, and I thought, right, okay, I'll. I'll I'll log in, I'll get ready, and it came up update available. Like, oh, Jesus, not now. All the times, can you just know? I'm a lot. The computer's doing the same. Going now, you can you can wait. You can wait until I'm out of hours. Um, <clears throat> not that I use my work laptop. Uh, computers are doing this. Um, right. Anyway, so yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome here. You swear you're fine. You can do all that. Um, like I've said to to Adam, I just avoid slandering folks. So I I don't want any pushback on anything that comes uh, our way. Mentally. <laughs> Marcus as well. I've already called you your shoot name, so um, uh, it's not got off to a good start. Nah, I hate people finding me on Facebook. Man. 
you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not let's not talk too much about that. No. <laughs> we're, we're opposites in that regard. Yeah, it's weird. I just don't like. I like seeing people find me on Facebook. I'm like, ah, get my. See, it must be weird if we're being a wrestler for that kind of thing. I mean, I I get it as well from folk, not as often, but it's it's like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> if, if, I do, if I haven't actually met you physically, even then, <laughs> I'm still on the fence whether I'll, I'll want to add you or not to my life. But uh, but yeah, it must be weird for for going to shows and that. And you, you do, you'll have next day all your requests will be so and so like. 24 mutual friends and it's just been other wrestlers that have went yeah okay except yeah get some good photos of yourself at shows and stuff like that though so you're missing out Paul no but you, get, you send me them so hey. you're, you're missing out Mark if... <laughs> this is going to go swimmingly I can tell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right so I asked I asked um, uh, oh, I'm going to do it now um, I asked Adam uh, how we got into wrestling you mentioned the Hardy Boys, which is great. It's, it's always a, a checkpoint for me because I'm a massive Hardy Boys fan to the point of getting a tattoo of their logo on me. Uh, so, uh, Marcus, people want to call you your, your previous ring name. Marcus, how did you get into pro wrestling? What was your what was your hook moment? I think, like, it's weird because I don't know if Adam mentioned it, but none of our family watch wrestling. Like, even now, when we've been doing it, like, cousins, mum, dad, nobody ever watched it. But, my friend watched it, uh, like an old family friend, and they used to just kind of, I always remember, and I don't, it was a Monday Night Raw, and it was Triple H versus Big Show. It's my earliest, earliest memory watching it in the family friend's home. And I always remember Triple H old old Big Show at one point. I'm pretty certain, or at least did something sneaky. And um, I remember being up the first time, I was like, what is this? And they had a, a rock video, like a, like his documentary at the time. Must have been right. like the 90s. And, um, I just remember watching that and being hooked. It was a whole story about him and mankind and, you know, the, the empty arena match and things like that. And that was, like, a very early memory. But I didn't really watch it. I just remember being, that was amazing. But I never watched it at home. And then uh, the second memory I have is The Rock running down Booker T on SmackDown. Like, the first, I think it's the first time we meet. Yeah. And I was just, after that, I watched it every week. Like, Sky One, I watched SmackDown. 11 a.m., I always remember it. If, if my mum didn't force us to go to Mass... I'd sit and watch SmackDown, like, so I, that was kind of like, yeah, I got into it, and then I kind of went off it, I think, I don't know if you remember, you might remember, Billy, like, you know, you had Virgin Media and Sky, still do, but Virgin lost the rights to Sky 1, mm. or to use Sky, so I never watched it, because we ended up with Virgin, so we never had Sky, and I just didn't watch it, and then I remember we got it back, we got Sky later, like, years later, 2008 maybe, and the first I just I was up at like stupid at o'clock in the morning, and it was Jericho versus Mysterio at the Bash live. The one with the like he takes the mask off and he's got the other mask in it. And obviously I, I recognised the two wrestlers from before, and it was the what probably, I think it got match of the year, so it was like the best match to get back into wrestling. And after that, I started watching it again. I think the next night I watched Raw. You missed it a period there, you know. We were TNA kids. Oh, I we were big TNA. Oh, kids, you, got, you guys, you guys, I like you guys because of all the things you mentioned so far, it was. Uh, starting in the late 90s, which is when I started watching wrestling. Um, and then I, I had on digital and onto ITV digital, so it kind of kept Sky One for a little bit longer. And we'd yeah. get to watch metal if, if I didn't go to Sunday school, uh, to run home from <laughs> yeah. Sunday school if I wanted to watch metal and see an SA Rios match. And uh, yeah, TNA uh, uh, Wrestling Channel would have been the yeah. TNA. It was on free as well, remember? I think it was like, what was it, Bravo? Was it Bravo? It was on, it was on like yeah. a preview channel. Yeah, it was Bravo, yeah. And I remember watching quite a lot and like Christian, because I was again recognizing names, Kurt Angle, Christian, 
I really, we really liked Matt Morgan and oh, the blue AJ Styles, obviously, like brilliant. The more Joe, more Joe, like, aye, that's more now though, but at the time, like, it was, nah, it was great at the time. Like, like, it was always good. I just mean, like, as, as a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, TNA stuff was, was ace. I mean, my first experience that was 2004, I think it was. It was um, Turning Point. That was the Cage Walk. It was the first oh, time. So good. First TNA show I, I taped. So it was like four hours long because it was on the wrestling channel. So I had ad breaks as well. So I, I, I had to put on the long play of the VHS so I could make sure I got all of it. Uh, and oh, TNA, it was just. It was just great, and then honestly, for me, it was when also when when I moved out of my house, I moved out of my family home, and I didn't have Sky Plus or anything like that, so I had to catch it when I could on Freeview, and and that was the point where I kind of lost my way with it a little bit. But oh yeah. man, TNA, um, you mentioned all the really great ones, Daniels as well, Christopher Daniels, uh, uh, Shark Boy, I loved a bit of Shark Boy, EY, uh, Super Eric when he was Super Eric as well when he became well, out. Well, walking out to to when we were on the shows with him, you know. Uh, was that Clyde Valley? Was it, it Clyde Valley? You were on the shows. That and the Iron Girders, yeah, yeah. Of course, really man. nice guy. Yeah, like really nice guy. Is one of those great. where where you were looking at him going? Um, oh, I mean, I don't know if, if for wrestlers meeting wrestlers it's the same, but uh, was it a case of you just looking at him going? Oh, I mind when you won the when you were tag team champion, when you were beer drinking champion, when you were a team with ODB, or are you just like, no, no, I'm a professional at this moment in time? Yeah, it's so strange. Like, see, seeing people you grew up watching and you like meet them in person and all that and you're on the same sort of shows as them. It's just such a bizarre feeling, you know. But, you know, you're kind of looking at them thinking, I, I just shouldn't, yeah, it should be right that I'm sitting here talking to you, you know. I, I, I just have a similar experience. I've mentioned it in a pre- previous podcast, meeting Billy Gunn for the first time, and I I love me Billy Gunn. He's he's ace. He was one of my favorites in Hatch Era. Yeah, he was called Billy, which helped. Uh, but yeah, when I met him, it was the first time I met a proper one of the first times I met a proper wrestler um, outside of uh, well Dundee, the first Aberdeen show I went to, and uh, I met him and went, oh, I love I loved everything you've you've done, even even um, the one Billy Gunn or whatever it was, and I was like, why no. Even the smoking guns. Why did I say that to self? Like, no, not oh, even. Yeah. Did not need the word even in that conversation <laughs> at all. <laughs> I love the worst part of your career. <laughs> I love rockabilly. He's always good. Yeah. yeah Billy and Chuck. I love that gimmick. Billy yeah. and Chuck. So good. Final four in the Royal Rumble 2001. Never forget Billy Gunn. Uh, what, <laughs> a great what a huge man. I like guys. See guys like that though that can like take anything and make it good. Like Cody Rhodes was the same. Like Stardust, the, the dash, and like, see guys that can do anything. Like, like you go, here's something quite silly. Look, cool. I'll make it amazing. Like, that's Billy Gunn, and it just makes things good. No matter what. Well, it still is. Still, I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of t- AAW, I'd actually just keep up with the results or what have you. But every time I see Billy Gunn, I'm like, you're just the best. But Billy Gunn's yeah. one of my boys. If, if, if there's any a boys list anywhere, Billy Gunn's on mine. Um, yeah. Back to you guys wrestling, though. So of course, oh, talking about us. Right. I know uh, we've got loads of questions, so that'll that'll speak. I know we could do a whole episode of TNA, and I'd be quite happy. <laughs> but I don't know if folk listening that are wanting to know about KOE. Yeah, that's true. Would be would be interested. Um, so of course, Marcus, you you debuted first uh, back in twenty sixteen. So was it just a case of of did you guys always want to be wrestlers, or or was just you're a bit older, so you started first? How how did you come about becoming a wrestler? It was probably longer 
period of time than, than probably anyone realises. But I think I was 17, like, so this is way, way back. So I would have been 17. And you're talking about you're only 19 right now. I, <laughs> I wish, man. And, um, I remember I went to training for like three weeks or something. Like, But I was like so skinny. Like, I mean, like Adam will tell you, like, my upper arms were skinnier than my forearms type like situation. And I just remember being like, I was decent enough in terms of like physically I could do the things that needed to be done, but I just, I felt so small. I was, I was a wee boy and I felt like a wee boy. And I just stopped, went to uni, did that whole thing. And, I, and it's a weird one, but I was, I was doing interrail in 2014. And I remember sitting on a ferry and I was just thinking, what am I doing in my life? Like, what is it? I've, what have I wanted to do? What do I want to do? And uh, cause I was just working like, in a retail like store at the time, like kind of try to figure my way out, and then I thought the only thing I know I want to at least try and do is wrestling. So I was like, I'm gonna get my driving license, gonna get a car, and I'm gonna drive to like you know go to training as much as I can. And um, so I, and I just yeah, I just and I think we were always fans, and I knew, once I knew I could do it when I was younger, it was always in the back of my mind, but it wasn't until that sort of day when I was travelling and you get like that epiphany, that kind of light bulb moment and I was like, I'm going to do it and then, yeah, I just went and kind of stuck to it for a good bit, changed all my shifts at work, like I did anything to get to the beginners classes at first and then when it changed to the fans and things like that I was, and I just kept asking, I think I was like four weeks in I was like, can I go and do matches? <laughs> I just kept asking and asking like, Louis Garvin and Damo were the, the two main trainers when I was there originally and um, I think Lewis just got fed up of me asking and just like, yeah, just go. <laughs> and then I kind of got thrown in the deep end. I think I did a match, like a match like two months in and I was just getting, I just got leathered. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I was getting hit and I was standing back up and doing all the, like, you know, didn't know what I was doing. But I kind of learned that way, like going thrown in the deep end. And then I, I think I stopped for six months. Like, I hurt my back, deadlifting like an idiot. And then... When I was deciding to go back, I was saying to Adam, like, do you want to come back with me? Like, I will actually go for it. And I think it was January 2016, we really, was it 16? Yeah, 16, I think, at the start Aye. for uh, me. Because uh, I maybe went a bit before when you, like, before that six months you were out, I went a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And a couple of experiences we had, so... One was, like, a Drew, Met, uh, Drew McIntyre seminar. He came just after he got released from uh, WWE and we'd been like what two sessions or something like that two training sessions and he goes to us and he's like oh do you do you you two know an international which is like you know the most basic thing in wrestling so every everybody trains and wrestles knows an international right but obviously we'd not been doing it very long I think you knew what an international was I didn't know I was like oh yeah I know what an international is and uh, so we get in the ring and he goes right go and I just kind of freeze up, and I'm like, uh, and Paul's like, try to grab, Marcus is trying to grab me, and put me through. my name anyway on the corner of my video, so. What's that? I'm saying kayfabe's done, because it says my name in the... Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't show up, in the, it doesn't show up when I get the video. Yeah, when I get the video, oh, yeah. it show up. <laughs> I don't want our, our second names up there, at least, you know. Um, King, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah and then I just froze up and uh, he was just like you know what just just leave it guys and I remember thinking oh I don't know if this wrestling's for me and then the next the next week was the first time 
I ever saw Damo. It was probably the last time before he went away to uh, WWE. But we were going around and uh, just simple walk-ups in a circle. And uh, he used to, he, I think he was just quite, he was usually quite quiet in his seat. Uh, and we were practicing doing lock-ups. And basically, I wasn't doing it very well. Uh, and he, he gets up from his, uh, his seat, which didn't happen often. And he just shouted at it, like, big, scary Irish voice. You know, I'm a wee 17-year-old or something at the time. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm not coming back. I'm too scared. He was like, you're not doing it properly, with more expletives. But, yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll go away for a while. And then I came back a couple of years later, so... And by the way, D- Demo's a hero, like, loving me bits like that. <laughs> oh, he's a lovely now. His first experience with him. Yeah, oh, no, he is a, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, that was just, uh, it was a bad first experience. He was a scary guy. It's one of those things, I mean, for, for you guys, I mean, when, when you contacted me for an interview, I hadn't contacted you guys because I'd always seen you guys wrestle on, like, YouTube and what have you. And you're, you're quite intimidating guys, or, or quite aloof guys. So I was like, oh, they'll never be interested in being on the podcast, so I just wouldn't bother. And that happens a lot of times for a lot of wrestlers. I'm just like, unless I get like maybe a couple ciders in me, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna just DM this guy. Why not? Might work. Yeah. But I was like, I wouldn't be interested. They're quite aloof. And now hearing you guys just like, I your first couple of years, you, you were terrified of big demo for a moment, and that was like almost you packed in. We may not never have seen Koe because big demo shouted at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. To be fair, I was very very young at the time, so uh, matured a bit since then. So was the team always kind of the idea? Was it always eventually you guys were going to be a tag team or was there aspirations to one day like face each other instead or go your own paths or was it always, always a team? I think when we... Because I, I had debuted and I, when Adam first came in he had diff, we also had different names. Like We tried to have some similarity by having the King. I was also Tyler was King, he was King Killer. But that was kind of purposely done to be similar but not the same like just so we were going to do single stuff for a while I think because I was doing okay I did like the Drew Gall- the two Drew Galloway tournaments like I had a couple of really good matches well at that for my standard at the time in terms of like being quite new and quite green I was having decent matches I mean I was getting carried to decent matches basically and um so I was thinking what well, I spilled up our singles names and then we'll be a team like then when we be a team it's a bigger deal. That was the idea originally. And then we got booked on a show that was, it was a closed door show, like for fans, but all the, there was loads of promoters there. That was the first time we met Dallas at like ICW, Scott Reed. Uh, I think Rudo was there. Loads of other, I'm trying to remember like, off the top of my head, but it was, it was a, lot, a lot of promoters, a lot of wrestlers that were there. Um, and your family could go as well. So our mum and our granny were there. And, <laughs> and then we got, they got asked to be a tag team for the main event. And we just went, Aye, so I'll just do it then. And then after that, we're like, might as well just do this now. Like, there's a big hole, there's a big gap, not a big gap, but there was a gap at the time of being, you know, a fully marketed team. Even some of the teams that are good teams had really good individual wrestlers. And obviously, we feel like we're in good individual wrestlers as well, but we solely market, we solely sell ourselves, and we solely try and get booked as a team. And we just thought, Who's better to do that than two brothers? And we enjoyed it, and we quite enjoyed the tag team style of wrestling. We always have, and I think that main event for again for the length of time we'd been doing it and the experience level of the six guys that were in the ring, it was good. Like, and that's what we went for. I think a big problem initially as well was um, you were quite far ahead of me, so it was like 
I'd be kind of holding you back if I came if I came in too soon and did. And I probably was the first, you know, wee while. Uh, but I'd be holding you back if I came in and I was so far behind you and you'd been wrestling for a year. I was brand new to it and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was a good decision to do it when we did. So, so we're thinking what twenty twenty sixteen ish then? Um, no, sorry, twenty eighteen was when uh, first yeah. note I've got as as a team anyway. Um, maybe beforehand that closed door one. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Um, yeah, that was, that was a year. January, wasn't it? Was it January? January, 2018? Yeah, January. Uh, I think so. I think it was against who I've got. It. I didn't write it down because that would have been I would have been well too prepared. Yeah, um, the, first, but... the first one was again. I don't know if people knew about it because it was like it wasn't an announced show, but it was against the Govan team and yeah. and the dogs. That was the first. I can't remember. I remember who was in the team, like Scott and Kia, but I couldn't remember the name of the team. That was it. Yeah. Um, that was the very first match, but I, I wasn't announced, or it's probably not even on record. For us. So I think it's yourselves versus the underdogs is the first one on cage match. Anyway, that was the first yeah. as a team. Um, Adam, you still don't have a cage match profile. I don't know if that makes sense to your life at all. Have we had more matches than me at this point as well? It's it's quite terrible. I, I was so shocking that his that screen's actually froze, which is even better. Um, <laughs> it may come back at some point. Um, so yeah, so. It, Matt mentioned the Hardy Boys as a, as as inspiration for him. He may mention it when he comes back into the chat. But uh, for yourself, anyway, was there any tag teams that you wanted to kind of emulate or, or at least uh, take notes from uh, for KOE? I think um, when we first got in, not massively so in the sense of we just wanted to learn. So we were like sponges, just, you know, we didn't know where to even start when you first start, if that makes sense. So there wasn't really anyone... Like we're big fans, obviously the Hardys, the you know the main tag teams. But I feel like as time's gone on, it's been more modern teams. And then going back and watching, like you know, the Brainbusters and things like that. The Revival, obviously, are big, like good, good team to watch. But I mean, I, I love this was like I think they're brilliant. I think they're almost underrated. I think it, to some degree, like because they don't do like the most amazing stuff. Like but everything they do is spot on. And if you watch their matches, like. The crowd can be flat at the beginning, but see by the end you can they literally have them way up here, which is just a skill in itself. Like so that's probably like as time's gone on and we've got better is to try and reach that standard, which is obviously hard. But I wouldn't really say it when we first started there was we watched anyone. We've been quite big on like if you're trying to copy too many people, you just become a kind of rip-off. We've always tried if you watch our moves, for instance, like that's us. In our own head, thinking of what, what do we do as individuals? What's not been done? Like the majority of our moves, I've not seen. Like as a tag team, like there's, I think almost every single move has been done to some extent. Yeah, but I don't think it. Yeah, it untapped amount of probably tag moves that you could that people could pull off. But it was great learning. Like I love we wrestled uh, Mark and Jackie. The ball was a like massive learning. The Hunter brothers was like like. Mind blowing way they fought like unbelievable tag team. Yeah, the Hunter Brothers. Um, we learned a lot from them and just yeah, every time we, we get somebody we rest somebody better, we're just like sponges. Like I think people have this perception of us as because of our characters that we're really arrogant. Like you say, like I would maybe to some degree we are in kind of real life, but like certainly want to get better and want to learn and that's kind of been our sort of main focus is like Big fans, the minute we became wrestlers, it's like, okay, who can 
we learn little things from. So like the Usos, we're never going to take a move they do, but we'll, we might think, oh, they've done something like that. There, let's can we do something similar that gets the same type of reaction? And or it's the same as like see when every show we're at, and we'll ask whoever the most experienced person on the show is. We'll go and find them, and we we'll go, oh, can you watch a match? And then if they they'll give you. A, They'll give you maybe quite a bit of feedback, but there's always that one thing that clicks and you go, because it's hard to remember everything, but there's always one thing from like each experienced wrestler and you kind of like, sticks in your mind and you go, right, I'm going to make sure I do that next time. And uh, you, you just bring it with you every sort of match you have. It's like that, the analogy I like to use for, for wrestling anyway is like a puzzle. It's a puzzle at the end of the day. So you, you go every match, you get you might get another piece to that puzzle and then it'll add an extra bit of the picture and you just kind of fill it out as you go along. So... So yeah, if as long as you're, I said you're you're uh, gaining the experience and finding the the most experienced person to give you the feedback, then it just makes you guys uh, a more cohesive tag team. And I suppose yeah. with guys like Mark and Mark and Jackie for for the pool promotions as well, um, they've they've they would have had things like tryouts with WWE stuff like that. So they would have not only brought the tag team stuff, but they would have had right these these are what the these are what the big guys are looking for as well. They'll have that little bit of, of nugget of information to go with it. So it's all, it's all finding out all these little bits and pieces. I suppose at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's, from experience, like it's baffling how many wrestlers aren't asking, like for feedback. Like you know, you. I think it maybe just be a fear thing, but we just always like. I always think that's the best thing anyone could ever do in any show. Is like even if the most experienced guys. Not that experienced in comparison to like a Marco Jackie, for instance, they might be a slightly lesser level, but like still ask them because they may have picked up something along the way. And you can, you know, somebody, something's just like Adam said, somebody says something, somebody could have said something to me a hundred times, but somebody else says it in a different way. And I'm like, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and suddenly it like clicks in your mind. And it's just, just because a person said it slightly differently. And it, you just kind of figure it out as you go. And, and just keep learning like as much as you can. But no, I get I get the fear part of it because uh, well, I mean, like, like I was saying, this is this is episode one hundred eighty seven of of the main SWM podcast feed. So I've got KOE on, uh, but I've I've never asked for feedback on episodes because I don't want people telling me I do it wrong. It's like no, no, I've got this far. That's fine. <laughs> leave me, <laughs> leave me be. For, I don't. For... That that's the hardest part is like uh, finding out because uh, if there's like something constructive and they go, ah, oh, you could be better at that, and you're like, ah, oh, it means I'm bad at it. It's terrible. That's you it. Know? That's exactly it. Because I'm, I'm thinking, oh, the last five seasons have been absolutely worthless. Then because <laughs> you've done this instead. But, um, but you know, at the end of the day, my my stuff doesn't change the world. I mean, wrestling can. Um, you, you guys are superheroes for for children and what have you. So it can change someone's. Uh, mindset on something i don't know i'm I'm waffling now anyway right koe so one thing that uh you put on twitter is you don't want to be asked what does koe stand for uh which maxwell miller did ask on twitter so, so <laughs> I, knew, uh, I knew he would wind up so i will word it differently why koe oh um do you, <laughs> you want to take it Paul? <laughs> I can't tell whether he'd be like genuinely serious about it or not, because we always just wind people up before it. So I'll say this: right? it did stand for something originally, and it's not what people think. I think people think it stands for kings of everything, and it that's never did. Yeah. So, like, that's the biggest, like, misunderstanding of K- what KOE stands for. Like, 
I think that w- w- it came from a song, right? Which is a song by Wiz Khalifa called King of, Every- King of Everything. And I think I discussed it with one person, but it was never like, that's never what it's going to stand for. And they said, oh no, don't do that because there's, king, there's kings of cats, there's kings of the north, like, it's just another king, like, what was the point? So that, that was the end of that. And I was like, we'll make it stand for something. I'll think of something else. And then it was something else. Didn't really like it. And then I think some, then we did the promo at ICW when we debuted in ICW. I just rhymed off, like, people kept asking what it stood for. And it just clicked in our mind. It was like, ah, why don't we just make a gimmick of this? Like, people keep yeah. asking. Do you, do you know why we stuck with it as well? Um, because I don't know if you remember this, but we got the logo done before. Oh, yeah. oh, right, right, we're not putting this logo to waste. We're sticking Aye, with Gay We'll find something that it stands for. Right, because uh, it's a cool yeah, logo. But then I think somebody said, like, I'm sure if you put it in, like, I don't know if I'm tripping, but you could check. If you put it in, like, Urban Dictionary, like, the KOE is a word, like, KOE spelled tour, or whatever you want. I don't know how you would say it. It's, like, abundance of swag or something silly. Like, it was something strange, so it kind of worked. And then people just kept asking, and then we did the promo ICW, and we ran off, like, four or five different names for it. And then after that, every time somebody asked us, we were just like, let's just say something different, like, kicks out everything. Knockout establishment. Um, Nights of equestrian. Yeah. yeah. And spelling things wrong as well. Like constantly over delivering excellence. I think it was an ADM one. Mm. Like, you know, you we're happy to take on board suggestions. Like we, but every time somebody asks us, we give them a different answer. But that is the, the truth of it is it was not it wasn't kings of everything and it genuinely doesn't really stand for anything. Right. So for anyone wondering, so you don't have to, I just gave I just uh, googled KOE in the Urban Dictionary. And uh, I couldn't have hoped for a better explanation. Uh, so KOE stands for a person with splendid taste in every subject who is gorgeous, known for having a sexy deep voice and perfect hair and smile. You don't have that perfect hair. <laughs> there we go. That's what, that's what KOE stands for. In the, in the right. Uh, fantastic. Lovely. Uh, right. So I'm just going to go into these questions we'll ask about titles and all that kind of stuff afterwards actually no first question i want to ask right govan so this is I, i've watched the govan shows i mean they come up on on youtube source usually and i'm now community pro wrestling um i heard a story that you may have got into a little bit of uh, disagreement with someone in the front row uh a govan show now again that's just, just, just hearsay from my my end of things but what are the govan crowds like and how, how have you found the coven crowds? <laughs> I think we got involved in a few. Yeah, the was, the, the one I think I remember most was uh, when I was on the outside. And the thing is, right, see see when you're at the coven crowds, they, they don't watch the wrestling. There's all these wild children just running about, uh, jumping on tables and stuff like that. And basically, they'll come over the tables and try and fight you when you're on the outside. So they're trying to wind up whoever's on the outside. Uh, so I was on the outside and uh, this wee guy comes and like taps my leg or something like that, I don't know. And I get down and I'm squaring up with him. I'm like, right, let's go. Uh, and uh, did he, I can't remember, did he hit me in the balls? I feel like he no, hit me in the balls. Him. He tried to super kick me and he hit me in the balls. Uh, yeah, and that was, whoa, uh, it, was, it wasn't fun. Uh, but there's not much you could do. I don't know what the security was. You need security for the kind of shows. But, and the parents yeah. don't care. Like, the parents don't as well. Like, I think, I think because we first went in, we, we kind of did, every time we wrestled there, initially we wrestled the Govan team. So 
So obviously we were massive heat magnets. And I think a good chunk for it, like, were, you know, we were really hated them. We were really doing it, like, and it just became, like, it just got out of hand at times. But like he says, like, there's, they have them to watch the show, like, they're just wild. Like, they're just there for, like, a, a wild night. <laughs> it's, it's mental. But, yeah, they would jump over, like, you couldn't really say anything. Like, we, we, we did say something because we're always saying things, like, we're just winding people up, like, you know, taking like the, the inflatable hammers off them, like grabbing their bottles and throwing them across the room and stuff. It was just daft things. And then you think it's like a kind of, you know, you're getting a, trying to get a bit, you know, of a reaction, but then the parents are actually literally trying to fight you. Like, you got women like squaring up to you and stuff, and you're just thinking, Jesus, like, yeah. you know, it's a Scare, social Squaring like, in not, front of all the children and all that. It's terrible. Like, it's un, but like, I don't go about my day to day life as, as Marcus King and you know, walking up with people and punched like, you know, it's, it's a show, like, that's, that's not who we are, really, like, from a, you know, a day-to-day basis, but they seem to think that that's the case. Yeah, I know, in your fights with parents, that's happened to a couple of shows. It's like, <laughs> you, you can't turn around and just go, like, like, it's not real, <laughs> you know, that you, it's a show, you can't, you can't do that, because, of course, the kids are there as well, but it's, I, I don't know how, I've, I've only seen one, I've seen a couple times now, but I saw a, a Rudo Lightning. He he got squared up. He he uh, it was up in up in the northeast. Won a belt uh, off the big big baby face Damien, and then after the show, he was getting squared up from by a guy in the lobby. Wanted to fight him because he cheated to win, and oh. I was just seeing Rudo trying trying not to go. It's real to just calm down. It's a show <laughs> kind of thing. I was like watching this going. How is this happening? How have you got to the point of this happening? I'm not, I'm not jealous. Uh, the wrestlers in the seventies and eighties they had to deal with that, you know. Kayfabe was still a thing. Have have a pencil in their boots in case you had to chip someone. And, and... <laughs> oh, but no, but no. Coming like I don't envy anyone having to wrestle on the government shows. I mean, Alex Webb. I was speaking to. He pointed out that the first one they did, he came. They came out in orange, and he, he didn't realize that was a bad idea until he got out there. And realised it was a bad idea to wear orange in a gun show. Well, it's, it's, it's mixed because technically, Govan's quite famous for being like a Rangers town. And we mm. went there, and um, I was like, it was the first time we were meant to be wrestling there, we were wrestling against the Govan team. I was like, oh, I'm going to come out in a Celtic top, and all the everybody's going to be all wound up. And then uh, we got there, and uh, I think it was Davey, who was a Celtic fan himself. He was like, nah, it's very mixed in Govan, it's really not going to. Have as much of an impact as you think it will. Yeah, and in fairness to Davy and Xander, they often would come out. One would wear like a Celtic single, or Davy would wear the Celtic single. Xander would wear the Rangers, which is good. Like you know, I, I mean, if you know Glasgow, like there is that obviously real divide. So it's good to like because the kids do look up to them. As, you know what I mean? Like genuinely, they do. So if if they are sitting there, Celtic and Rangers, and they're a team, and they're cousins, and they're together, then. They are actually setting a decent example for for all the kids that are there because it's very easy to get caught up in the whole rivalry and and I think like you know I think I would just anything on my tangent with football no point but you know what I mean like it's it's really all just fun and games at the end of the day it's not the eighties anymore like nobody has that genuine hatred towards you know one side and the other like it's it's good winding people up and getting involved in it and stuff like that but. I think we're all grown adults now and we can you know we can understand that somebody supports a different team and has a different belief or whatever it is like doesn't really mean anything for anyone. Just gets left on Twitter now. That's that's pretty much it. That's yeah. that's where everyone does their their uh, moaning and, and groaning about about teams and, and what have you. 
Uh, right. Okay. So yeah, I I just remember that story way back when. I can't remember, can't remember who told me about it, but I was like, that's that's hilarious that you've you've riled up someone uh, an adult enough to try and fight you uh, <laughs> at, a, at a wrestling show. That's just oh, silly. Um, right. Okay. So I got Griffin uh, on the old Twitter machine. He asked, uh, "Am I still considered an on honorary Kiwi?" I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. No, I was my my uh, first match I teamed uh, with Griffin, Ryan Griffin at the time, Flying Ryan. Um, so yeah, like, that was good. The way of wrestling. And he's one good. of the most underrated wrestlers there is in, Aye, in the country. So very good, good, very good wrestler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was great. Like to be fair, him being him versus the Forgotten Cavan Dunbar. That was my first match. On a show, uh, the, the bars pops everybody's cherries, so it so it does. So I hear. That was my first match. Aye. Did he give you the same advice as he gives to everyone? Did he ask you if you were nervous, and then uh, told you it was good if you were? That seems <laughs> yeah. to be this. Yeah, Probably. okay. Nice. <laughs> he's got, he's got a rolodex of of the of, of lines for uh for first matches for for popping cherries. <laughs> uh, um, so we've got Taylor White uh, asking. Well, he asked two questions. Um, one's a bit more controversial than the other. Uh, but I'll go for who's a wrestler you have a soft spot for that nobody else seems to rate. I don't know for this kind of question. I don't know if you want to pose it to Scottish wrestling as a whole or if you just want to make it just worldwide. I don't know if if going if going nobody else seems to rate and then picking someone they're going to sit there going wait did nobody rate me. That's well, everybody rates Taylor Wright, but he, he's my one. He's 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 the best. So yeah, Taylor Wright is pretty good. To be fair, if we're talking Scottish wrestling, I think because I've we've had that I've had this conversation with Taylor Wright, so I think I know. He's a, he means worldwide because we've talked about it, but he's really good. Uh, you know, for thinking Scottish, Ryan Griffin that we mentioned. There's a lot of good guys, to be fair, just kind of slowly under the radar, like, you know, that are actually pretty good when you Even like, them. see when we went to, we were at FPWA and we wrestled um, Robbie and Ross, um, okay. the Woke Academy. Yeah. They, they two were great, you know, and it's just like one of those things. There's just so many, there's so much talent everywhere. And uh, oh, am I getting phoned? No, sorry. Uh, there's so much talent everywhere, you know. Uh, and it's like every time you go somewhere new and you've not seen someone before and you're kind of not sure what to expect, and then you're like, oh, that's brilliant. And you watch someone for the first time live in person and you go, oh, that's great, honestly. I'll, I'll put in a third vote for Taylor White as well because I was I got a hold of some of the Combat League shows from up in Keith Ness and he was just phenomenal. Uh, he he did he did very little actual wrestling, but he didn't need to because he'd riled up the crowd that much. They reacted to everything, so it's like maybe he did three bumps in the whole whole match, but it was one of the like heaviest reaction matches because he he'd done such a good job in making he, making. It look he's good. one of these few guys. As soon as he comes out the curtain, as well, he you instantly he instantly makes an impact. You instantly have to think something about him, and that's like so impressive for people to do. Like it's the second you come out. And you think, oh, I hate that guy or something like that. You know what I mean? So uh, it's great at that. Uh, second question is, which brother is better? Neither. Both better at different things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's quite clever. He's left that quite open-ended. He didn't say what better at what. So that's, yeah. that's quite, quite clever. Um, tactician. We, we kind of see when we wrestle and stuff like that, we, we'll, um, if we're better at a certain move or something, we'll just go, ah, we'll have the other one take it. Uh, do it like even though you know one of us could do I say I could do an alright drop kick or something like that, I could do quite a good drop kick in comparison to everybody else but since Marcus does such a great drop kick what's the point of me throwing a drop kick you know what I mean so <laughs> um, I would just let him do it 
same with if he's got a better standing mental than me, I'll just let him do the standing mental. So basically, I just don't want to do anything where I need to leave my feet. But I can. <laughs> I hate going up the top rope, like, it's just like, yeah. Uh, we can do it. We can do it probably more than people even realise. Or it certainly fans may realise. I think people train with us probably know what we, what we can do. But shooting stars, moonsaults, four fifties, like pretty much anything that is, can be done. But like we just just don't. Like, especially if you're bad guys, it's, it's a waste. Oh, yeah, you don't need to do it. If, 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 there's no point in uh, scratching extra uh, marks on your on your bump card, your hypothetical bump card, if you don't need yeah. to. Um, yeah. Is that is that an important thing for you guys that that you do like? If one's better than one move than the other, is that important for you guys marketing marketing, marketing yourself as QOE, as a package deal? Yeah, um, I'd so. say, so like, I'd say it's a, um, whatever one of us does, it represents the both of us. So, you know, like, if one of us to, was to have a great singles match, you know, I mean, that's going to benefit the two of us. Mm-hmm. And same in a tag team match, like, I think a lot of people who get new to tag team wrestling don't understand that you're only doing half as much. So half the time in a match, you're, like, there's probably going to be one of you that doesn't really, maybe gets like a move in or something like that. Whereas maybe the other guy gets to do, you know, two, three, four, five moves, whatever. And uh, one of you is really going to shine above the other one. But see, as long as you're happy to be a tag team, it's going to represent both of you anyway. So yeah. that's, that's kind of what thing you need to look at. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's important. Like, we do market ourselves as a sole tag team. Like, Again, there's some really good tag teams out there, and I think the ones that have been doing it a bit longer, like what Adam was saying, is like they can accept that. I mean, you know, they kind of know anyway. Um, but I think we're so similar, like in terms of like our styles are quite similar, our athleticism quite similar, similar sizes, similar heights. Like, but we also just complete. Like our Twitter is obviously KOE. It's not Marcus King. There's not an Adam King Twitter. It's KOE Twitter. You know, the gear's the same. Like none of us try and stand out really any differently to the other one. Like. Oh, and it's completely on purpose. Like, you know, we could do it if we wanted to because we've got the best gimmick ever as a tag team and that we're brothers. So we could do, we could be completely different and we could still be a, a viable tag team because we are brothers. Mm-hmm. But everything's done on purpose. It's like, you know, because like Adam says, if we do one thing or if we do a duo thing, like people like, like people genuinely say that KOE. People refer to us as KOE. Like one of us is KOE. Like we'll say KOE talking to me. Like, that like backstage and things like that. So we're literally at that point where, you know, we're almost we're just seen as a collective. So yeah, and the, the benefit much. there's a benefit of uh, it's been so similar in new life as well. Like I think it'd be hard to kind of be different because we're we're just into the same like outside the wrestling as well. We're just into all the same stuff. So that's that's a similarity really. Fine. Um, we've got Alan. No, we've got uh, Kwaku. Kwaku asking. Apart from your brother, those open ended here. Uh, who's your favourite member of Team Swag? Quacker, obviously. Uh, of course, Quacker, what a guy. Legend. I, I and, should ask, is there only three members of Team Swag? <laughs> yeah. I think so. As <laughs> an ADM member of ADM, I, I suppose ADM is Team Swag. He's the third member of KOE as well. ADM's just KOE, so it's KOE and Quacker. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, on, on with that, Eddie Castle asks, why is ADM like a proud maw to use? <laughs> Just like we're just really good friends to be like Adrian just loves us and we love him so and he's uh, uh he's he's very funny you know <laughs> yeah great and uh, uh the best uh, card journeys with with ADM yeah that's like yeah so that's probably the next question right now I'm looking for ones that kind of segue on and that's perfect uh ADM 
asking <laughs> who's in their KOE car? ADM, 100%. ADM and a rotating Special focus. <laughs> like, uh, one weekend, uh, the end of last year, we went to, what was it, Tarbert on the Saturday, and we had uh, David Devlin on the car. And he was a great guest as well. He was a great guest to the, the podcast. And then we had Eddie Castle the next night when we went to Newcastle. Uh, he was a oh, I, bet, I bet you had fun with that Newcastle, Eddie Castle. I bet that was brought up. <laughs> yeah, it was great. That whole um, that whole car journey bag was brilliant, man. That's it, like literally, yeah, the best car we always talk about this, like who'd you hate that? Like, why would you love to have in a car? Like, but anytime ADM's in the car, it's class. Like that's what we say, ADM plus a special guest or two special guests. Yeah. We need to and you can work out what a Colton car is it's the opposite of a KOE car <laughs> and it's, de- it's definitely because Colton himself is horrible to be with <laughs> is, is that why he's oh, he sent us a, a gif of uh, Chris Traeger um, air guitaring in the back of a car with Leslie Nope and uh, Ben Wyatt yeah um, he, he knows the gimmick now Colton's really, he actually is a really nice guy but we we won't get into the details of like um how, why it became the Colton car, but we want it to be a thing. Like we're not, we're not going to put, we're not going to tell anyone our Colton car. Like that's not fair. That's but fair. we just want anyone that's in wrestling to talk about the fact that their Colton car is the car full of people that they don't want to be in a car with. Like <laughs> the worst possible ju- two-hour journey you could have, like, is your Colton car, and uh, and it's nothing to do with Colton as a person. Obviously, it's just it was just a story that's kind of snowballed <laughs> from there. Um, Logan Smith asked, who's on the Doug plane? That's a KOE car. That's a KOE car, yeah. We found out, right? So, um, I think it was, I think Viper, was Viper, when she went over to the States, because she has a dog, took her dog over, and um, but they were saying that, like, they basically, you, a bunch of people who have dogs that are moving to the States charter a private plane, I think, so they all chip in and pay for it so that they can go with their dogs on a plane, so the dogs are allowed on the plane next to them, or like, so, and I was like, so there's such a thing as a plane full of dogs, a dog plane, which sounds amazing, like that literally could be the best, like, journey ever, so the opposite of a Colton car would be your dog plane, because it'd be amazing. Man, that's, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds like the best thing I've ever heard of, is, is a dog plane. Uh, <laughs> amazing, right, okay, so let's, let's get some of these, these little uh, questions out of the way, so we've got a uh, Silent Assassin, he asked, what does the E stand for, Kings of? We already established that. We move on for that one. Um, what's the thing with you both wearing odd trainers in the ring? We have the same oh, size feet. Yeah. That's about that. Nice and simple. Yeah. But when I see, I, I don't, like, no, not OCD by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't like odd socks or anything like that. It just kind of sets my teeth on edge. So when I see you guys wrestling in odd shoes, it just, like, I watch it go, Thank God they're well, bad here, guys. Here's the thing. So we, we've had um, fans come up to us with odd shoes and say, oh, you're the reason I'm wearing odd shoes. So it's working to an extent, Colin. Yeah, I hate odd socks as well. I can't wear odd socks. The only time I could wear odd socks is when we're wearing the odd shoes. Yeah, because it, it evens out. Aye, almost like double negative becomes a positive. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, that's pure evil if, if, if it's now spreading that folk are, are wearing odd <laughs> shoes because he is us. No, no. Uh, Reese asked, "Ask when you ask then if you had a fight to death to the death against someone, would you pick a sword or a spear?" It's a fantastic question. Right, I know the answer to this because there is a right answer. Uh, would you Would you two like to guess what would win? Spear. 
Yeah. Range. Because you can throw it. So they put it through like an animation or something like that. So it's like, you can find it on YouTube or something. I think it's YouTube. And uh, I, I'd have thought, you know, you're more mobile with the sword. You can kind of get around and stuff like that with a spear. You're kind of, you know, it's a bit more awkward. But apparently there's like no situation where a spear wouldn't win. I can't really remember the details, but yeah. There you so go. a spear is that. Backed by science as well, a little bit there. Yes. That's excellent. Uh, let's see what else I got on on Facebook then. Ian Skinner asking favorite acronym. <laughs> DVD. Speaking of, speak, speak, speaking of acronyms, now right, it would rely on you either meeting Judas Gray or listening to past episodes. Uh, he's just asked DMG. Yeah, what does mark. that mean? Oh, I, I love getting to tell people this. Right, okay. So DMG stands for Dead Mum Gang. Oh, is what nice. it stands for. So pretty much him and I think it's Major Matt Wolf from uh, Joe Henry's Academy. They 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 founded this group, or although in writing it says he's the original founder, um, that because they both lost their mums, they're now DMG. So his question pretty much is, uh, are you part of DMG? No, we're no, DDG. No. Oh, the offshoot. Ah, oh, right. Okay, yeah. he'll be glad to know that. Um, yeah, but um, what the the lossy. He did. He did ask. It. He'd also added the best part about this is he's met you, so they better remember him. So I don't know if you yeah. remember Judas Gray. <laughs> nah, nah. He, he was. Uh, yeah, uh, we met him once. No, I no, we, we met him recently. Actually, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, at a seminar, and he was uh, very flexible. But no, he was, <laughs> what, he was what a wonderful review. <laughs> I love that as a. As his, as, he's going to put that as his bio or something. Judas Gray, very flexible. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I've only seen so much of him, but he looks, uh, he looks really good to be fair. <laughs> um, Grant McIver asked, uh, what's your favourite packet of crisps? Pickled onion. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to eat them. I, I would, I'd probably not eat a packet of crisps in that month. Give me chocolate in it, Eddie. See you, see you now. Like 45 minutes ago, I liked you guys. But, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the right answer, the favourite packet of crisps, is the next packet. That's the right answer for me, uh, as as a as a ever expanding uh, fat man in a chair. Uh, right, okay. So back to actual wrestling, I suppose. Uh, Sammy oh. Sparks has asked LND versus KOE. So I guess that's a request or anything. Well, I think that's happening soon. You know, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it's not been announced, so I don't know if we can we can actually say it, but I'm sure it's happening soon. And I I don't know, but um, we're at another place where. They, they work, so it might be happening in a couple of places. I don't know. Very good. That's a little, little tease, little tease for the future. And uh, I think the last one I have on Twitter anyway is Alan, a uh, big effing tree. Uh, okay. asking, uh, will the finest team in Europe be adding more gold this year? <laughs> well, the thing is, it's silver that the, the ICW wins, and we'll be defending our other gold this year, hopefully. So, you know, um, there's that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully more. Speaking of gold, then, so, of course, 2020, you guys became SWA Tag Team Champions. That would have been your first, I'm reckoning, your first uh, Tag Team Gold. So what, what was it like? So that's, what, two years in as a team, and you're now champions. So was that, I don't know if you guys are big belt guys, was that just a, just a cool thing that you, you'd worked to a point where you were champions? Yeah, like, I think... Um, that's cool. Like no matter what how you look at it, like you know that's the the oldest promotion in Scotland, I think, or at least the oldest running one. Um, 
you know, it's been like guys like Demo have held that, like you know, obviously like Mark and Jackie, all these people have held the belt. And it's just cool having somebody go, Yeah, you guys like are gonna represent the tag division. So like, you know, they SW is a big company, like they draw big crowds, like and to, to be given that kind of like, yeah, you guys are good enough. And at that time, like we were happy with where we were at in terms of like you say, being two years in. But we but you know, we didn't feel like we were like you know, obviously, like, amazing, you know, we felt good and we're confident in what we could do, but we weren't like, oh, we're amazing, like, we should be holding gold everywhere. Like, that was the goal to get to that, obviously, but it's still so, it's satisfying to have people recognise, you know, your you know your ability or your look or whatever, I don't know, your, you know, you as a wrestler as a whole or us as an act as a whole. Yeah, that was yeah, only just off, off um, uh, like, uh, uh, what was that, a Fatal 4 way tag team match we did? The first show we got in SWA, and then just off that, they were like, oh, you know, you just could be champions. So, got the match and won the match, obviously. So, yeah, that was good. But, like I say, yeah, they do big, they'll run, what, two, four times, two to four times a year, but their their shows are always, like, like jam-packed with, with either yeah. big names or or um, just a large crowd in general. So, it's not a bad place to, to win gold. And, like I said, guys like Damien have, have held up those belts. Um, I mean, speaking of belts, and of course, end of last year, uh, here in Loathing, ICW's version of WrestleMania, uh, you beat Luke King Sharp and Krieger to become ICW Tag Team Champions. So, at this point then, it would have been, I don't know if you count the pandemic year as a year, uh, if you count it at all, but that would have been, what, four years in, and now you're holding one of the tag, uh, tag team titles for the biggest company, one of the biggest companies in Europe. Uh, was was that one a bit more satisfying? Because it's a, it's it's pretty much the pinnacle of tag team wrestling in in Scotland. What were your kind of thoughts winning that? Um, throw like I think uh, obviously it was amazing because that was been like a major goal since we started. I remember like going maybe just after I started training or something, going to, as soon as I turned eighteen. Uh, Marcus actually took me to one of the ICW shows, um, and I was like. Oh, I really want to do this. I think we both fought that night. We're like, yeah, we could do, we could get here and we could, you know, win titles here and stuff like that. So to, to actually like come full circle and, and win the belts there uh, was amazing. But it's it's funny, like I, I don't know the the SWA ones was like it felt like a massive achievement, and then that felt like a massive achievement as well. Obviously, but you know, you can I feel like we earned it. So um, yeah, it was it was definitely I felt like we'd worked. Uh, dead hard up until that point and you know those were, were us to win so yeah I think like SWA was almost like blindsided us a bit we didn't expect it even though we were working hard and we were trying you know we were doing well it kind of came out of nowhere where the ICW like I felt we were building to it like and that's it was a bit more of a focused goal like SWA, we never really thought about it not because we didn't want to wrestle with SWA or didn't want to be their champions but we had one match and we didn't know if we were going to be back or anything like that. And then, lo and behold, the next show, we had the belts. Whereas ICW, it was obviously like a, we did the whole lockdown stuff with the purge, which we thought, you know, again, I'm coming out of lockdown, like we did a good, you know, purge were great. Ah, like, uh, yeah. Purge were so good. Stevie and Crowbar, yeah, two of the most underrated guys as well. Stevie, James, so smooth in the ring. Like, nobody really talks about it enough, but he's so good. Uh, and Crowbar, yeah. he hits it very hard. Hardest part of the hardest part of the ring, so here. Yeah, yes, he, he generally is. 
he loves getting hit hard as well. It's fun. Yeah, but like that was great, and I feel like we did a good. We had the first cinematic ICW match, like when we did it in the, you know, in the German things like that. Like so, and then, you know, a fear and loving match. We, like the ending didn't go quite as planned as, but you know, these things happen. But Max there didn't look were brilliant. Like we enjoyed the match. We, it kind of like we felt like we were kind of hitting a bit of a stride, but we'd also what for. We need to almost like rethink, refocus, and I don't know if I like nobody was paying that much attention. To be fair, right? We probably, we probably disappeared for like a good eight, what was it, eight months or something like. Yeah, six seven months. Maybe six seven months, and um, like on purpose, and we went, okay, we're going to come back, and we're going to do. You know, we had an idea for the promos. We had an idea. We wanted to get in better shape. We wanted to, you know, do something a bit different. Like, and then like once we get back, the focus is, can we get the belts by feeling loaded? Like either before or on freedom moment. That was the that was the goal. That was the conversations we were having, like with each other, with other people. Like just so when we got it, there was a sense of real satisfaction because it was like obviously the achievement's great, but you, you feel like you earned it. Like you set out to do something, and you like you know you you achieved it basically. Like it was really it was a pretty cool moment to be fair. Uh, and again, like <laughs> being. Trusted, I suppose, for lack of a better term, by the company. Like, there's so many heads in ICW. Like, obviously, Dallas has got the final say, but there's lots of guys that have to agree on, or not have to, but the, you know, agree that you should have the belts and, and different mm-hmm. things like that. And you know, it's like Cody said, like Cody Rhodes says, like the belts are real. Wins and losses do matter. Like, you know, it doesn't matter to your your ego so much. Like, you know, outside of wrestling, obviously, like it's not like you've lost a fight, but you know, like in the UFC, but at the same time, it does matter for you, who you are and who you market. And for us, it's, it is important because that's we want to portray that we are the best team and we want to be the best team. Mm-hmm. And if you were getting beat every two minutes, like you can't be the best team like, at the end of the day. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, speaking of ICW, then we've got Daniel Micah um, asking, great, this is great, we're just segueing all, through all these questions. Uh, got Daniel Micah asking, which former ICW tag team champions would you most like to bring back to the company and face? Polos, uh, probably. We'll have to wrestle them. Who else has there been? Um, obviously, I know. Ashton and Rampage. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, see if I'll get that. And uh, they weren't champions, but I'd love to wrestle the geezers. So uh, I've got Sumerian Death Squad. That would be a, a bad yeah. oh, one there. Uh, London Kendrick. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Paul. <laughs> you've got Kings of Catch, of course, as well, which I'm sure when you've you've had a fair few battles in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lewis been... trained us. So he, well, he did a lot of our training. We've been trained off a few people, but Lewis was big hand and trainer so and on that to be fair like I think we're also talking about that ICW like we obviously worked really hard to do that but Demo and Wolfgang massive parts of who we kind of became in the last year I would say like in terms of helping us guiding us training us like advice everything like you know we were doing well and we obviously put the work in but having Two guys like that helping you so much and willing to wanting to help you, willing to help you, taking time, having long conversations, training you was like immense. Like 
sort of, and that's why it's important to always learn. Yeah, we were on, we were on shows, we were on ICW, you could easily sit there and go. And to be fair, it's not really that common. Most people still train, and all credit to, you know, the, almost everyone in ICW still wants to train and still works hard at training. But that's why it's important because we got so much better through their teaching and through their coaching and like just so, again soaking it all in like a sponge so that we've got. I think that's why it is important as well because everybody on that roster is like. You know, every single show you, you you go back to, you watch a match or something and you'll see, like, Daz killing it. You'll see someone in so much better shape and all that. You'll look at, like, Jason Reed's shape or he's cutting a Jason great Reed, promo. Jason Reed's promo is probably the best talker in the UK, I would say. I, I find it hard to find somebody better as a, just a sheer pro, like, great wrestler, great shape. But his promos are, like, up there. Yeah. So if you trying to get to that level, like, you know, he's picking up people because he's up here with that. Daz is a flexible the way up here with that, so you're trying to get up there. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there's so many guys, like, Theodorus who's always good, but he's got so much better, which is hard when you're already good. Like, all these guys, that you know, underrated guys again, like Levi, you know, just everyone's pushing each other, and that's what, like, that's just as important as just turning up to training and, and taking coaching as having uh, a roster full of people. Everybody, I think everybody enjoys it backstage as well. It's really good atmosphere in ICW since we, we came back. Even like right after lockdown, it was a bit awkward. I think a lot of us hadn't met each other before and stuff like that. We used to do the bubbles and it was a new roster and stuff and everybody kind of, but since then, uh, I, like, everybody's kind of gelled together and it's great. And yeah, like I think just the professionalism of everybody's uh, sky high. It's great. I'm hearing a lot of great stories like backstage stuff. I, I don't know, like of course, the stuff that happened just just after lockdown began. But since the shows have properly come back, you just you just you do hear that everyone's kind of just they're working for the the promotion and not inherently working for themselves kind of thing. They're yeah. they're working to to elevate the shows so the shows get more money so they could possibly be more valuable to the show itself and it all works out in a, a cycle. But we'll say about Jason Reed. Jason Reed's got this amazing thing where he lets like if, I don't know how he does it. It's just a, a skill, I suppose, you pick up. But he's this timing. It's just he pauses at the right spots to make yeah. the words more impactful. And it's just his his promo could be two minutes, but he could maybe have a ten second pause in there just to make that last line pop more. It's just ah, oh, it's easier. Jason Reed's ace. Uh, so speaking of tag teams, then so Daniel Michael was, was saying that one for the for who we want face. Callum Bruce has uh, asked when he coming up. North to give uh, Foundation a future around for their well, money. We'd love to, to be fair. So. Yeah, we'd dress like, I think it's kind of funny, like you were saying earlier, like, would you message us and, uh, you know, people, I, I always wonder if, like, we kind of reach out to most people, you know, and they might, sometimes they might ignore you in terms of booking you, and sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, we'll let you know, but we'd work pretty much anywhere we are open to, like, people, you know, coming in and asking us to come and work somewhere or work with people and we love to work in different new people and different tag teams and a lot of the north is kind of untouched in terms of down here you don't see a lot of the guys from up north down here as much as you used to and, and vice versa it'd be cool to see a bit more crossover from a lot you know because yeah, i guess it's beneficial over overall you know for everybody and yeah. there's such a good scene up there as well see so just seeing bits and parts of like you know guys like caleb and um the young guy as well, Ronan King. He's, he looks good. So, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah, what you call him? 
foundation as well. Mm-hmm. Really want to wrestle them. Maybe good. Uh, it's, it's and Logan. Last question I've got through all the social medias is Logan Smith, not that Logan Smith, different Logan Smith. Uh, uh, asking, Logan, Smith. Big Logan. <laughs> uh, who was who's their favorite tag team to wrestle? Uh, the, the models recently was really fun. It was a really most people would consider it a basic match, but um, that's like you know when you, you it's not often you'll meet another team for like the first time, and it takes like you know a few minutes to put a match together, and you just go in there and everything's right. So positioning, feet work, footwork, and all that, everything's right, and that's just a credit to how good they are. But uh, I was. Really fun. Everything's so smooth working with them. And I know if we had like another match, it'd be even better. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a, a team that we'd love to get back in with and even do even more than we did, you know. But just in terms of smoothness and uh, just how easy it was to do that match, yeah, models was good. Yeah, and the young team, to be fair, I don't like. Oh, of course. Must have rested them about 100 times, but it's good. Like, that's... Oh, they're so good. You yeah. know, like they, I don't even know if like they almost make out like they're not good. Like, see if you're around them enough, like they'll pretend they're not any good, and then not pretend they're not any good, but they always don't give themselves credit. And then you actually get in, you know, like similar to what Adam's saying, like obviously it helps being in the ring so many times, but positioning, timing, and just similar kind of you know thinking to us as well in terms of what they want to do and what they want to get out of the match and unselfish and can be selfish at the right moments, and that's just. You know what you what you what you want really, but we've not really yeah, faced I, any bad tag teams to be fair. And I'd say see with the young team as well. I feel like every match we've had together, it's got it's been better and better, and we always change it up. So we'll do something different each time and stuff like that. So it's uh, keeping it fresh and everything. It gets better and just the more we're in together, it's smoother. But yeah, they're so good to work, so easy to work in a good way. That's that's all my all the questions from the social media. It was loads. Yeah, you guys were very popular uh, when it came to <laughs> questions. And um, so I've got more of my, my own here. But first one, I've, I've brought up the SWN one hundred. Now this is this is a list that caused a little bit of controversy when it came out. Not not the oh, year end. You're, you're my confusion. How is he so much higher than me? I was about to ask, um, <laughs> Marcus. Do you do you uh, like pointing out that you're eleven places higher? <laughs> I don't, uh, do you know? See when you obviously knew you were doing the list. I honestly thought you might have put. And we were hoping that again, see what was Oh, just going as KOE. Yeah, because that's what we that was our goal. Like that's our aim. So if Thanks we were on you. that as a duo, I would have been great. I'm always surprised I, because I think he's had I won more fair, matches last year than you. Aye, some something like that. Like yeah. um yeah, I, think I, I, I think you had one more match and I won two more matches than you did. I also I wrestled, two, I wrestled in, two British rounds matches. I had the four, I lost two because there was one weekend I wrestled in Romania and you were in Iron Gutters against Taylor White. Aye, yeah, so. that might have been it. That might have been the difference. Make I'm going to bring up my stats now. Just I think it was a win loss record. You know what? No, it also didn't help because you guys changed your name. I had to try and figure out which was which when I was getting results in. So that probably did not help me at all uh, <laughs> when it came to me figuring it out in the end. So it could have been a case I was attributing wins for. Uh, for Marcus, that should have been Adams. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, our one-loss record must be quite good because we don't lose very often. Not to brag or anything, we've just managed next, to convince people. That next year can be KOE as a collective. I, I will, I will do bun- that. A bunch of singles matches, which we probably won't. I, I will remember, you mean, you've already got a good start because I start the, the judging at the 1st of December. So you've already got the uh, title win in there. So that's that's always a good 
it means yeah. you're pretty much probably going to be on in the 100 somewhere. I think we've had three defenses or something so far as well, so that's not bad. There you go. There's, there's, it's not, it's not the hardest system in the world for for points, but um, yeah, some of them got a bit weird when I was like, like it's, I was looking, going, how have you got this far? How have you got this high in here? Um, mostly because it's it's like uh, Bobby Roberts and he books himself, so that's how he ended up on there. Uh, but you know, <laughs> uh, I who cares? He right uh, anyway. So so last questions we've got then is our two usual ones that we ask everyone. Uh, the, the the burning questions. The t-shirts are available on on uh, our T Mill store about it. Um, first up, what's your favourite dinosaur? Stegosaurus. Spikes in the back. So good. Aye. What's the big one with the big neck? Brontosaurus? Is it Brontosaurus? Uh, what's it? Brachiosaurus? You think I would know it? Ah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Brachiosaurus. The big long, yeah, big chunky one. Yeah, it's Brachiosaurus. Aye, that, that one. Well, that... The giraffe one. Aye. Giraffe Aye. There's probably one called Giraffe somewhere at, at, at this point. Uh... Giraffe Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I like I like a clever one. I like one that that's outside the box. This, did I put Thesaurus in my top 100? Got to check that. Uh, anyway, and the other question that we ask everyone is, "What would win the fight? Two sheep or one cow?" A cow, man. Easy. There's no chance two sheep are beating a cow. Cows are huge. Yeah, cows are absolute units. See, sometimes <laughs> like I don't know if like sheep are just really feisty or something, but there's there's no way. See, just on a visual standpoint, the size of the cows. I don't know what's in that grass they're eating, but what the hell? There is a video online of. Uh, a cow running towards a sheep and the sheep winning. So I'm just saying that, that if if you want some science, science in here. Spear again, spear all over again. <laughs> it's the only video I've seen of it though, and I've kept it in my favourites for this exact <laughs> these exact questions. Uh, but those, yeah. those uh, sheep were on performance enhancing drugs, calling <laughs> mega sheep. Uh, but no, that's that's it. That's everything. I don't think there's, there's I don't have any more in my notes. But like I said before we recorded, I didn't actually make that many because everyone else asked the questions for me, which is always great. Um, is there anything coming up? That this episode's going to go on the 19th? Next the Friday. Anyway, next Friday. So, uh, anything you want to plug coming up? Uh, oh, I don't know. Well, oh, yeah, we've got the squiggle. And wait, wait, did, when did you say this was coming up? Uh, Friday. So, what's, what's that? That's the 17th. Oh, right. Oh, okay. oh, so, yeah, um, yeah, we've got squiggle coming up. So, And then in March, we've got a bunch of dates. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you just look at our socials and you'll see them. Yeah. Some haven't been announced yet, but we do have. Yeah, I think we're every match. weekend in March we've got something. Uh, but first, square go title match uh, against the young team, and we'll batter them as per. Um, but the thing that annoys me about this podcast is I feel like there's probably like so many people we didn't put over we should have put over, but you know that's for the next one. Do I do I throw any names just in case you? Tom Malone, he's been improving a lot. So see the last couple of years, honestly. Yeah. Just next level, and cool. they should be doing more. Big Colton, Darren Blair. I don't know. Luke Cairo, Levi, Phil Chaos has you know improved massively. Uh, well, that's not his name. Oh, sorry, Eddie Cass has improved massively. So uh, it's Kyle Williams King. Kyle Williams King, aye, yeah, guys, good. <laughs> uh, so it's, but, like, it's actually quite hard. Like, I really like enjoy working a lot, guys. I think, and people themselves know, like you, you know, you know, and you 
club life. That's good. Um, I just like you know shout out to to all the tag teams we've wrestled. Um, I don't feel like I've had any real bad matches, so it means everyone's <laughs> it must be pretty decent. We're quite lucky when it comes to tag teams. I mean, I, I did a, I did a, a once to watch list. Now, my only kind of rule was I tried to do folk that hadn't won titles, and it was very easy still to do like a top ten. I was like, ah, this is pretty good then. <laughs> there's yeah. there's ten teams at least that are about that haven't won titles yet that are that I could easily make this list for, and and uh, then you got guys like yourselves and and the foundation and uh, Glasgow Grindhouse and and all these teams coming about that are just uh, kind of at the top of the. The mountains and oh, yeah, and we want to wrestle them all. I batter them. Stack them up. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, where, where can people find you? We've talked about social media. And we're wrapping up now. Where can people find Koe on social media? Uh, Nokia underscore Koe on Instagram and Twitter. We don't That's use it. Facebook. Right? Nah, nah. Go away, Facebook. <laughs> and for anyone who heard real names in that, ignore them. Don't add them. <laughs> don't, yeah, sorry. Don't add me, please. If you if you'd be so kind. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me uh, on this this wonderful chat with, with Koe means uh, SWN podcast. I, I I can't think of anything clever to go with that. Uh, Cheers, Billy. I hope I didn't waffle too much. Uh,